Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this uh, afternoon, well, this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, it has come down to this. Game seven, winner goes on to the Stanley Cup final. Islanders, Tampa Bay Lightning, after a dramatic game six win. I guess that's probably the best way to put it, but... I don't know if one word will encompass everything that we watched last night and what's going to go down as one of the craziest games in the history of Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, I think the best way, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words, right? And I think the best way to just sum up that game is how the the team left the ice, which was mm. like, you know, they skated off, they were celebrating, and there was just obviously, you everybody listening knows, <laughs> beer cans, it, it looked it was insane. It was just like there, there was no way to express yourself because nobody knows how to express themselves in that moment. Like mm. you're not, you don't prepare yourself for that um, ever. Like you, we know how to celebrate a goal. Like I know, <laughs> I know how to jump out of my seat uh, and celebrate a goal and hug the person next to me. I don't know how to celebrate. I didn't know how to celebrate that goal um, right. is the way to put, I would put it. And nobody else did. And honestly, um, I, you know, I, it it's it goes against societal norms the way that the the game ended with the the beer cans flying but the Nassau Coliseum is not about societal norms there's nothing societal norm normal about <laughs> Nassau Coliseum it never has been um and you know what i think it was an unbelievable send off for a moment 
that no, like my dad said, he was at the game. He said, you know, you just had 40 years of pent up energy that people just, we've been talking about like this catharsis, like that was actually mm. the physical manifestation of it. Uh, he's like, if you had a refrigerator in your hand, it probably would have ended up on the ice. Uh, you know, yeah. shoe, hats, towels, oh, yeah. beer cans. It was People like, complaining about beer cans. And I was like, they should be lucky that they didn't tear the seats out and throw them right. on the ice. Like, <laughs> it's, it's when you, when you've gone through what we've gone through and, and that happens, that moment happens, um, you know, all bets are kind of off. And that's why I think like the way that those guys left the ice uh, with just the ice littered with, you know, debris, happy debris, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Long Island confetti is what I think mm. I've heard a couple of people call it. Um, I think that is the kind of perfect summation of uh, what happened. Like, honestly, like I, cause there is no word dramatic. You want to call it dramatic. It's certainly was dramatic, but the, the, that picture of those beer, those guys skating off of those beer cans, um, you know, being all over the ice will, will stay with me forever. Honestly, mm. like it will just stay with me, um, for the rest of my life in, in, in the best of ways. And I think, you know what, like you can, I know Ryan Callahan like was mad about it or whatever, but I'm telling you that there's 700 players or so in the NHL, every single one of them wishes they were an Islander mm. while those beer cans were flying onto the ice because there's, they've never seen anything like that. They've never experienced anything like that. We haven't, and now it's just going to go down as part of like um, Nassau Coliseum lore. And the moment, the celebration met the moment again. Uh, yeah. So it's just been great. As we know from the John Tavares return game, a lot of players watch these games, and they they noticed that game, and they definitely noticed Game Six uh, as another, yeah, like you said, a moment that goes down in uh, Nassau Coliseum lore. I, you know, we talked extensively in our last episode about the Ryan Pollock block and. And that visual and how we could all, you know, recreate that visual of him down on the one knee with his hand kind of open, blocking the goal. Um, this one, Anthony Beauvillier on his knees, face to the crowd, shouting. I'm definitely not going to forget that, nor will I forget Jordan Everly laughing on his way off the ice uh, as like the beer cans came raining down. But let's back up and start uh, at the beginning of that game and talk about what made it so dramatic. Uh, so the Islanders come into the game. Down 3-2 in the series. Uh, don't worry, we'll talk about how that happened in a little bit. But, uh, you know, it, it. we have a lot of this narrative, of a lot of potentially the last game at Nassau Coliseum, and so all this stuff gets built up. Um, and, you know, there's the t- stakes are couldn't be higher. And for the first period, the Islanders played pretty well. I got to confess, I was actually out at dinner. Uh, it was my daughter's dance recital that day, so I missed most of the first for half of the game, really. Um, but... By all accounts, they, they played really well. It was 0-0 standstill. And then who else? Braden Point makes it one nothing. Uh, Lightning with about four minutes to go. Uh, Point has scored it in nine straight games now. And, you know, this is the kind of thing where, like, nine straight playoff games, I should say. So it's not just this series. It's also the previous series they played against the Hurricanes, too. And, I, you know, these things happen. And so our inclination would be like, well, you know, obviously only the Islanders can, can let this happen to them. But, I mean... Point is on a thing right now on a streak or a, a hot streak or a, a, a heater or whatever you want to call it that kind of defies logic. I don't even think he understands what's going on. And that that goal was different, but it was a little bit the same in that he just kind of outworked the defenseman who was on top of him. So it was a little bit like his goal uh, in game four. Sometimes you just got to say, hey, man, that guy's pretty good. Um, but, you know, the crowd, which had been on top of things, started to kind of like think about things a little bit. 
you know, and that that one nothing goal, the team that's scored first has won all these games so far, and so it seemed like a big deal at the time, and obviously it would be later, but uh, yeah, that was not the best way for the Islanders I think to start that <laughs> that game, but. Yeah, I thought, um, you know, they, they did play a good first period. They played a good first 10 minutes. Um, the building was certainly buzzing. I had actually, I was asked by um, someone on Sirius XM radio before the game, whether I was expecting the crowd to kind of be the same as it was for games three and four, or especially game four, where it wasn't an elimination game, sure, but like for all intents and purposes, I, I thought it was. So yeah. I said, I think it was going to be the same. And I thought it was, I thought... The vibes were, were pretty good. I was uh, you know, in the parking lot pretty early and a lot more people seemed, you know, everyone was nervous. I'm, I'm, I'll never forget sitting down. I went, actually, I brought my friend Scott from work. He's from Kansas City. He's been hearing me talk about the Coliseum <laughs> for as long as I've known him, which is about three and a half years now and has never been. So that was his first experience at the Nassau Coliseum last night. And um, so me and him get to our seats and I had a stranger next to me and the guy just looks at me, he goes, you nervous? And I said, very nervous. He goes, all right, good. Me too. And, but, but it was, it wasn't like, there was no, um, you didn't see people like really that nervous in the parking lot. The vibes were, like I said, were good. Everyone was still partying. Um, there was no palpable tension. And and I've been in plenty of Coliseum games where you felt it like that game six against the Capitals, um, that was supposed to be the last game at the Coliseum. You could feel it. You really could. Um, this one, you, it wasn't, it was, there was like this weird confidence in the air. Um, this, this team has been such a party um up until this point that i think people kind of were just you know appreciating the moment and appreciating the fact that the privilege of being at a game six of the conference final um despite coming off a game where they just lost eight nothing it, it was <laughs> it was uh the up um, the mood was much more upbeat than i think people outside of the fan base would have thought i think uh and set that so yeah like i said sat down in my seat everything's going well brain and point scores um and I don't want to say it like sucked the the juice out of the building because I don't think it did because this team, you know, one goal to this team is nothing. They've been down so much in this playoffs, not in the series, but in the playoffs in general. And like that's kind of their MO is let in a goal and then try to figure it out. Um, and but what was worrying was that because they were down one nothing, it means that the next goal, whoever scores the next goal would either be two nothing, which uh, would feel insurmountable or it'd be one one. <laughs> uh, so it obviously went the wrong way for, for us. Yeah. And that's, that's when things really got frustrating. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, but again, the Islanders played pretty well in that first period and they played pretty well in the second period too. In fact, at one point they got a five on three power play. Uh, I'm not quite sure how it happened, uh, especially with all the hemming and hawing about refereeing uh, this spring, but uh, didn't, nothing really came of it. They didn't really have too many chances. And of course, as soon as the lightning kill it, uh, what happens? Anthony Sorelli breaks in, scores to make the two nothing. Now Anthony Beauvillier, who would obviously uh, factor in later in the outcome of the game, he kind of let the puck go past him. I, I guess he was on his way to the bench and maybe he didn't want to play it, or maybe he was gassed from being on the power play. Um, and it kind of looked like, you know, yes, okay, the Lightning are up two nothing now. I don't want to use the word insurmountable, but it's obviously a huge hole to to dig yourself out of. And I thought that. You know, Beauvillier's kind of non-action there might be the start of kind of the domino effect of maybe these guys are just about done. Like they've they you know they poured it on, they gave it everything they had for all these games and all these playoff games. Game four was you know they they squeezed the last juice <laughs> a bit of magic out of the you know the the stone and and that was about it. 
And so it was, that was pretty deflating. And that would, that did take the juice out of the building for sure. It took the juice out of me. That's for sure. And uh, it was a nice goal by, by uh, Sorelli too, right underneath uh, through the uh, five hole of Simeon Varlamov. And, you know, the fact that the Islanders had played okay in the first, you know, half of the game really didn't seem to matter at that point. It was like, we're down to nothing. And, and, that the lighting had scored, what was it, 12 straight goals? 12, <laughs> yeah. Point? And so you're just like, and, and, you know, again, we'll talk about it later, but like they were getting no breaks. They got no breaks basically throughout all of game five. And you're just like, this is just maybe kind of how it's going to be, kind of how it is. Just, you know, one of those games where nothing falls for you and it's the worst possible time for a game <laughs> like that. But this might be that game. I can imagine what it was like inside the building when Sorelli scored that goal. It's probably even worse. Yeah, it sucked. Um, it really <laughs> did because you at that point you don't you, you're not giving up, right? It's two nothing, mm-hmm. and you're there for a reason. You're there to root the game to go. <laughs> yeah, you're you're but you're you're starting to to like almost make peace with. I remember the first my first thought was when I when I saw them celebrate the goal that I was like, "Am I going to stay for the handshakes <laughs> or not?" Honestly, like that's the first thing I thought was, and um, and I remember just being like, "All right, like I gotta just in." kind of enjoy the last 30 minutes of hockey here got a last got to enjoy like you know watching someone like nick letty who might be gone like just you know say what you want about him but like he's been here forever and i just i remember like watching him uh behind the net like just to, to start a rush and just being like i just taking it in and um because you you're you're starting to think about next season a little bit and it's mm. only natural like i wasn't you know i feel a little guilty about it now but mm. um that's just how I felt. And I just remember thinking also about before the game in the parking lot, because my friends and I were talking about how funny it is, like these tail, like these tailgates, right? You do tailgate and you're one person during the tailgate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you become a completely different person after the game. And the only <laughs> thing that's changed is that you've watched a hockey game. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you, it, it would be funny to like watch you walking into the building and then watch, watch what you look like coming out. Um, and I thought about, that conversation and just being like, wow, this is, uh, you know, coming into the building, I was nervous, but upbeat coming out, I'm going to be, you know, really sad and, mm-hmm. uh, thinking about the walk to my car and whatever. And, um, it just, it felt like one of those games that we, we, we t- joke about it a lot between us. Like how many periods would it take for the Islanders to score a goal? <laughs> and for a while, that's what that game felt like because the lightning were, were snuffing every shot attempt. I mean, I, I thought Andre Vasilevsky looked very human yesterday. Like he was coughing up some, some pucks. And- yeah. He had a, a, he had one shot where he kind of like flubbed it a little bit and it kind of squared away from him for a yeah. second. Yeah. And I was like, but the problem was they weren't getting through to him. Like yeah. the shots weren't getting through. So there's nothing you can really, you know, you, you can't really do anything about it until they get stuff through. And then obviously, yeah. Yeah. Everything changed. <laughs> yeah. Everything changed. Yeah. And I, I don't think the lightning have gotten enough credit for all the, the ways they block shots i don't know if that's the ryan mcdonough effect he took over from the rangers but they get a lot of blocks i mean it's just how it is and you know again for everybody that complains about the stifling defense of the islanders i feel like the lightning have blocked more shots in this (laughs) series than the islanders have but yeah so you know building sags it's pretty pretty bad for a couple minutes but uh matt barzell who had had a great game was flying uh breaks into the zone finds jordan eberle in the slot and eberle puts on a backhander, possibly the strongest backhander ever shot by an NHL player on goal. And Vasilevsky just misses it. And it goes in and suddenly the Islanders have life. It's two, one. Um, 
I thought I was like, wow, there's a lot of juice on that backhand. And that's pretty much the only thing people have been talking about since. I don't know if I've seen Everly score a goal like that before, but uh, he picked a heck of a time to do that. And suddenly it's a different game. And you could it was like a switch went off, like all of a sudden all the juice that had left came back and people started cheering and chanting. And and it was like everybody just came back. Um, That was a huge moment right there. And and I mean, arguably, maybe Everly's biggest moment as an Islander, although even though his uh, series a couple of years ago against the Penguins was spectacular, one of the greatest series we've ever seen in in the sweep. He just he essentially swept the Penguins by himself. Um, But that goal right there, I mean, might go down in infamy as well. I I, I can picture it right now just thinking about it, uh, exactly what, what happened, how the setup and, and the shot and how it bent the back of the net. You know, I mean, it was just a, a perfect moment that couldn't have happened at a better time. Yeah, and, and it was one of those things where you're sitting there and you're thinking, if you get one before the end of this period, uh, <laughs> we're right back in it. But when you think like that, it feels like it never happens. So, you know, <laughs> like, and uh, especially coming off, yeah, they just let up the second goal. They just have couldn't score on a five on three. Um, and the Islanders are a team where they don't necessarily sc- score that often out of nothing. Like it always looks like their goals are coming where it's like, they'll, they'll start pushing play and driving play and creating chances. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, the Islanders are on it. They're going to keep coming. They're going to keep four checking. So a puck's going to squirt to the right guy and he's going to score. That goal happened in the blink of an eye. Uh, Andy green's got the puck behind the net, gets mm. it to Matt Barzell who rushes it. Um, uh, like a perfect rush up the ice and finds Everly. Um, and yeah, like, just like you said, um, it, the whole, obviously the whole building changes. Um, and it goes from, uh, kind of, uh, f- like funeralish atmosphere to <laughs> all of a sudden, like we, we got to get these guys, like we're on the front foot, like go get them, like go, just go eat, you know, that sign, eat them up Islanders. Like that's what happened. Like it all of a sudden became that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I think we, you know, we, we spoke, um, I was talking to you and a couple other people before the game. I was like, Jordan Everly's got to score tomorrow. Like it just, mm-hmm. he, 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 he needs to get going. Um, and the, that backhand, I mean, when, when you're, when you're really hurting for a goal, like it usually is a shot and they're saying like, Oh, it's gotta be a greasy goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get to the front of the net, hit off Matt Martin's skate or something. That was not that, no. that was, <laughs> uh, that was a Picasso, yeah. uh, Maybe like, you know, kind of like Datsukian backhand off of a Datsukian fish uh, mm. dish by Barzell. And yeah, all of a sudden, you know, it just everything changed. Everyone started. I wouldn't say like I wasn't feeling necessarily positive because in my head, I'm like, OK, next goal is it like it's next goal wins this game or next goal, whatever. Um, get this game to overtime was basically what I was thinking even though it was a second period. And <laughs> I very much regretted thinking like that because <laughs> yeah. when the, the third period goes and then we get there, um, all of a sudden I was, you know, hmm. kind of really, really nervous. But um, yeah, I mean, Jordan, Everly, man, um, it, for as, as some, sometimes the guy just can frustrate the hell out of you, like a lot of these guys, but um, he's had some legendary moments uh, yeah. in his, in his Islander career. And that's another one. Uh, for such an understated kind of guy, like he's, he's just, he's been here for this, this entire ride. And I don't, I don't know if we appreciate him enough. I don't, I really don't like, I I don't know if we appreciate him the exact amount. We don't appreciate him enough, (laughs) but we definitely don't appreciate him too much. I don't think. He hasn't been here as long as guys like Bailey or Martin, but like, he feels like he has been like, he's definitely seen the worst of it. 
you know, he was here for the, the, the year before Tavares left and then after, you know, so uh, he, he's been here. It feels like he's been here longer than, was it, four or five years? Like, it feels like it's more like the 10, 15 range, mm-hmm. you know. You would yeah, almost an, an Islander in. years, you know. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, like 65 and Islanders years. Right. <laughs> like, you would lump him in with, like, the Clutterbucks and, and Bailey's and those guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they didn't score at the end of the second, but they come into the third, and it's mostly Islanders the entire time. I don't know if the Lightning were kind of sitting back to try and just, um, you know, they, I mean, again, they could play pretty staunch defense themselves. I don't know if they were trying to just, you know, hold on to that lead or or maybe the Islanders were just pressing because, well, first of all, Barzell came out with a about a 90-second shift on his own in the zone where – he had the puck the entire time. It was reminiscent of that game in his rookie year when in Ottawa when he did the whole thing and he just wouldn't give out the puck and Brendan was like and, and Barzell takes the tour and he just he you know he just dangled everybody on the ice. But I mean that was the Ottawa Senators. Like this is a Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> I don't know how he was doing that. Didn't come of it at that moment, but uh, later on he was doing it again and he re- retrieves the puck and he f- sees across the ice. Scott Mayfield of all people creeping in towards the net. And so he nails the pass perfectly onto Mayfield's stick and Mayfield creeps in a little closer. Vasilevsky goes down a little too early and Mayfield just pots it right over his uh, left shoulder uh, with a, about as probably a perfect a shot as Scott Mayfield could ever hope to ever shoot in the NHL. And it came out right the other side. He's celebrating. There was a, a little bit of a pause. I think the lightning didn't realize it had gone in yet. Um, but again, the roof just absolutely came off of that place. And of all the people to tie this game in this moment, I don't know if you had given me a hundred guesses, <laughs> I would have picked Scott Mayfield. There's only 25 guys on the team. I don't know if I would have picked Scott Mayfield in that moment. I would have, I don't know. I would have picked probably Varlamov to score an empty net goal from the other side. of the, I don't know. But that was as perfect a play as you could possibly ask for in that moment. Again, like it's just, it just went down exactly as you would have hoped it would have went down. Yeah, I you, you're watching Barzell um, do his thing and all of a sudden he has so much gravity to him. It was one of those, you know, he, that third period we, we talk about a lot. Uh, I always think that Matt Barzell should be playing with a rose in his teeth, like just <laughs> clenched in his teeth. And um, you know, we should be th- throwing roses on the ice whenever he does something like he did on that goal. Uh, Cause it's just how romantic he can make the sport look. And that pass um when I, I, you see this because Mayfield had a head of steam too. Like he, yeah, did, no, he, he was, was not fine. skating like Scott Mayfield <laughs> skates. Um, of, and he picks the corner, and obviously you're just celebrating. And the guy and I look next to me, and I look at each other. Who was that? I assumed it was Everly because <laughs> like the shot right. and the way he's skating. I was just like, but then I, I processed that Everly was no, not in that spot, and I was like, okay, it was a defenseman off the rush, so maybe Pellick or you know, Pollock, I don't know. But then, yeah, you see Scott, it's Scott Mayfield of all people. And like, it, uh, what has gotten into that guy is right. it's unbelievable how he got, he's, he went from, you know, we, if we listen back to an episode from March, um, our, we were talking about Scott Mayfield as if he's, you know, he's part of the problem with this team. Maybe what, what's going to hold this team back from making a run like this. Um, we're idiots because <laughs> he's uh he's obviously been maybe as close to like an MVP of the postseason as anybody. He's been incredible. Uh, he's it's like been a tour de force sometimes mm-hmm. with him. And he uh you know had the the cross check on Kucherov, then was in it with Stamkos, and then scores. Like that, I guess maybe that's the Scott Mayfield hat trick. I don't know. Like he, <laughs> he 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 that 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 goal was so 
um, superstar like that to see it with Scott Mayfield uh, yeah. of all people was just something else. And yeah, at that point, you know, it's two, two, eight, 44 left in the game and you you're celebrating, you're going nuts. And like I said before, I, when I, when I was talking about regretting saying like, just get this game to overtime, you're making deals. I was making mm-hmm. deals with like the devil for the whole time we were down to nothing like, Oh, you know, if they yeah. get this game to overtime, I won't care if they lose, like at least like yeah. go out, just go out swinging, whatever. Then all of a sudden I, I took that all back. I was like, don't get, <laughs> don't, don't send this game over time, win it in regulation. Um, mm. You know, even when mm. Matt, I mean, they, they had to kill off that penalty at the end with yeah, by Matt was, Martin. They started, Tampa Bay started pushing a little bit more. They got a power play. Um, you wouldn't be faulted for thinking, okay, here we go. This is it now. Um, by the way, what you're experiencing there is very common because I did it too. And Justin Bourne on Hockey Central Day called it bargaining. Like you start bargaining with yourself about like, you know, well, it was a great season. You know, they put on a great show. <laughs> like, you know, the team has established up more. But then all of a sudden it gets a 2-2 and you're just like, no, now now we can win this thing. Um, so, but the Islanders had a couple more chances after that. They killed that penalty. Um, and Varlamov made five saves on that one that one penalty kill, which is kind of huge. Um, we'll talk about the missing component of uh, Tampa Bay's power play uh, in the second half. But uh, it gets to overtime. And at that point, you know, I think I think Islanders fans might be a little bit more confident going into overtime than, than more fans, more teams fans. You know, it's kind of built in us. J.P. Parisi, uh, Bob Nystrom, uh, Kenny Morrow, Pat LaFontaine, uh, David Volek, <laughs> uh, Alan Quine, John Tavares, like, you know, you name it. Like we have all these people that, that have come in uh, just this year, Kyle Palmieri and, and Josh Bailey. Like, you know, a lot of our team's favorite moments have happened in overtime. So, I mean, a lot of bad moments have happened too, Brooks Orpic, but you know, we're, I think we're comfortable with that. And so overtime, but you're still nervous. Cause I mean, it's still yeah. do or die. Overtime starts, and the first minute in, they're in the Tampa Bay zone, and somehow Jan Ruda passes the puck to Blake Coleman, who's literally, what, two feet away from him? (laughs) uh, Coleman just, I guess without looking or thinking, just passes it along, and Anthony Provillier is there. And you can see every member of the Lightning all of a sudden scramble, including Vasilevsky. He was clearly not set. Everybody thought... Coleman had it. He was going to send it up the other way. It was, you know, Ruta's on the wall. Coleman's right there. I forget who's in front, whoever the other defenseman is. Everybody just kind of straightens up in this weird sort of, you know, cockeyed way. And Bovillier just, he doesn't wait for a second. He just rips it. And it goes right over Bovillier, uh, Vasilevsky's shoulder. Again, he wasn't set at all. And pandemonium happens. Bovillier, it looked like he didn't know whether to jump or slide on his knees like Theo Fleury style. So he kind of did a little bit of both. (laughs) And he's on his knees and he's skating. Guys pour off the bench. Uh, if you haven't watched MSG's uh, camera on, you know, the guys watching, uh, you should because uh, it, it's awesome. He gets mobbed. Uh, aluminum cans and whatever, at least one shoe we know of, got start raining down from the skies. Uh, and it was it was just a magical moment. Like, it was just crazy. I mean, again, this, this is the second time this, post, this same postseason that a Dead giveaway <laughs> right to an Islanders stick has resulted in an overtime win. And I don't know if anybody in their right mind could have possibly ever predicted that would happen. Not once, but twice, twice. Like that's just crazy. And and it's happened both times the same team. And uh, I don't even call it luck, magic, whatever, but 
I'm glad it happened because, you know, now we're on to game seven because of that moment that, and I can't, and Beauvillier had not had a goal in 10 games, 10 games. I didn't even realize. Well, <sighs> heck of a time to break that, that streak. Yeah. My God. Uh, <laughs> the, the intermission before overtime is a special type of torture, you know, because, right. like, because you, you, there's just nothing you can do, but just wait. And, and then when you're waiting, you're just, you're basically just waiting to wait. Um, yeah. And, and the, the waiting that you do during play is so much worse than the waiting you're doing during the inter- intermission. So it's like, <laughs> it, there's just nothing fun about it um, right. at all. And, you know, I was in the concourse, a couple of buddies, my dad, my brother, my cousin, and we're just all talking about, you know, just how happy we were to be in overtime and, you know, just all this stuff. And nobody, nobody said one thing or another, like I'm confident or I'm not. It was just, uh, you know, basically let's wait and see, let's wait and see what mm-hmm. happens. And, and all I said to, um, my, I said this to my dad. I was just like, you know what? If, if the Islanders score, I just, I just really hope they do it quick because <laughs> I was, that was my first thing too. Like, yeah. please don't go three to three. Right. <laughs> and, and so I'm sitting in my seat and there's a, like a weird thing about overtimes in the playoffs and, and, and especially in the, um, you know, in an elimination game too, where my focus is so heavily towards the Islanders, like getting the puck out cleanly, not turning the right. puck over. So like my focus is totally on us not making the mistake to lead to what happened. Right. Um, that when Coleman turned that puck over and it ends up in the back of the net, it didn't really click in me. All of a sudden, like I'm you know, obviously celebrating. I actually fell up somehow. Like I, I was in, I was jumping up and down and ended up in the row above me and a couple <laughs> seats to my left, uh, just in some, someone who I hadn't even, you know, seen or heard from all game, like just me and him are hugging. And, um, and it just took forever for me to process what happened because you yeah. are so focused on all these like small details that you kind of miss the forest for the trees, which is you just want to score. And, and when he scored Beauvillier um, and you just see the, yeah, the pandemonium that there's something so beautiful about the Islanders jerseys, those, especially those blue ones <laughs> that when they're all kind of huddled together um, it's just, it's such a nice aesthetic. I, I mm. think with, especially with the orange towels, like waving around them and then, uh, the beers flying it, 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 the, the music playing that Maxine Nightingale, <laughs> like it's just, yeah. it, you know, this, the whole point of sports is moments like that. And, uh, to, to have heard, like to, to see and hear all that stuff happening, like this sensory overload uh, in the best way, um, was just, it, yeah. I mean, Islander fans have, we've had these moments now, uh, in this playoff series and, Barry Trotz, like I said last episode, like he's he's been talking about moments, and each one, each episode we talk, we're like, you know, it can't get better than that. It can't get better than Ryan Pollock stopping a puck with no time <laughs> left on the goal line. It can't get better than Tristan Jari turning the puck over in double overtime to Josh Bailey after Ilya Sorokin put on a yeah. blood and thunder show in Game Five against the Penguins. It can't get better than you know chanting New York Saints at Bruce Cassidy as he's walking off the ice. And somehow it is. It somehow got better again. And uh, it's it's it. It was the perfect Nassau Coliseum moment because Islander fans everywhere were just so happy and yeah. everybody else was so offended by it. Yeah. And that's that's Nassau Coliseum. Like you just don't <laughs> you just you just don't get it. And because of it, you don't get it, you can't process it. And it makes only thing you have to do is to react to it negatively. Uh, and you know what? We're the ones laughing inside the building being like, this is, mm. you know, that we're having the time of our life. We're having the time of our life. Ed, Ed Olchick is like, yeah. he, he, he thinks that he's like, there's like, you know, shrapnel about to like get him in the, in the commentating booth. Whereas like, we're, you know, at, was he at, even at, in the, the building? 
I have no idea. I think he is on site. Okay. Yeah, I think he is. But I mean, he's in the skybox, and like, and 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 look, like it's not normal. Like I said earlier, it's not normal at all. But you know what? Neither is throwing rats on the ice. There's (laughs) neither is throwing an octopus on the ice. Like that catfish. Yeah, yeah, there's stuff that happens. Like this is fans. Fan is short for fanatics. Um, you can't build up a raucous – you can't like build up raucous Nassau Coliseum and say every – oh, the Coliseum is going to be going crazy to you know when the yeah. Islanders get back home for game three. And then when the Coliseum goes crazy and maybe whatever, they get – they stepped over – we stepped over the line. So be it. Um, if the Coliseum goes crazy, you'd be like, whoa, like this is dangerous now. Like pump the brakes. Mm. No, that's – you are a part of this. Like you talk, yeah. you talk about the place as if it's a zoo. Guess what? It is a zoo. And, uh, you know, for a couple minutes, the inmates took over the asylum and it was amazing. It was pure bedlam. And, um, you know, I, I, I was, uh, uh, you know, admittedly too far away to, to throw anything on the ice, but I, I, I'm telling you right now, if I was closer, I probably would, if I had something to throw, I like, I would absolutely probably wasn't going to be my shoe, but like, if I could find something to throw on the ice, I was going to do it. Um, and it, it, no matter what anyone ever says about it, like that moment, is mm-hmm. is so worth the kind of vitriol that that people got. Like it's yeah. just, it was so great. I mean, I don't remember too many complaining when the senators were throwing hamburgers on the ice because their goalie, whose nickname was the Hamburglar, took them to the playoffs. Like that's just, right. it's you know, is it dangerous? Yes. Is it, uh, you know, unsightly and uh, you it's know, juvenile? Yeah, juvenile. Of yeah, of course. But that's that's what this whole thing is, and and. That that moment really ruined it for me because like Olchek comes back and he doesn't even like he, he didn't even analyze the goal. Like he just came back and started ranting. He came in super hot, just ranting about the cans and the debris. And then and then Boucher followed him and the two of them just kind of went off for a good two or three minutes until I think Kenny Albert was like, well, let's look again at the goal, Edzo. And then they went back and finally looked at the goal again. You know, <laughs> like, like what what are we even talking about here? So, you know, again, Think about Callahan. So Ryan Callahan had a tweet, and he does bring up a good point. Like, what happens if they would have lost, and they would have, and that that would have been a really bad look. Right. Like, you know, don't throw cans on the ice if the Islanders lose. I get it, but I don't know if that wouldn't happen necessarily. I don't think so. Um, like, I mean, yeah. look, it's happened before to Coliseum. I, I remember sure, being okay. in the building against the Sabers when people were throwing yeah. beer bottles on the ice, like those had, plastic beer bottles. And had it happened, like maybe on like a power play, that people were like very against or something, then I could probably see that. Happen, right. You know, right. but if it was just, you yeah, know, this, this, <laughs> we weren't, we weren't directing these things at anybody. Like this wasn't like yeah. the, the, right. the, the famous line from that Buffalo series was uh, like plastic missiles. They weren't that. that, that was just celebration. It was just pints in the air, mm. flying down, raining down. Um, and we, we, we talk so the romanticism of hockey, like guys like Edzo and, mm. You know, they'll talk about Mike Milbury going into the crowd and beating right. someone with a shoe as like and having like a hardy har har about that. Like it's it's just part of the fabric of the game now. Like this happened and it should it's it's a hilarious moment. Nobody got hurt. The players all loved it. Uh, it's I, I guess the only one who who like didn't was Cal Clutterbuck, but you know Barzell <laughs> I thought was so funny after the game where he's yeah. just like it's just cool as a cucumber. I was like, yeah, never seen that before. A little dangerous, but you know, we'll just go with it. And yeah. then obviously Beauvillier with one of the quotes of the playoffs, then I'm sure that, you know, NBC sports, by the way, is going to be like hmm. clip, clip and use forever uh, from Anthony Beauvillier. But of course the, what led to that moment was the Islander fans, once again, getting raked 
over the coals for for the way that they act and of, yeah. and like like you've said the, the with the senators fans all i was thinking today was you know mm. if if the toronto maple leafs won a playoff round uh and they did something like that would mm. the the thing would be you know what this fan base has not won a playoff series in 20 mm. years or whatever it's 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 to be expected and um it's it's like it's not like this is gonna be a thing like it's more, right the if if they islanders you know somehow make it to the stanley cup final against the knights or canadians and the canadians or knights take the ice it's not like they're gonna get pelted with beer cans right, right. this is this was a once in a lifetime like f- crazy thing people were overcome with emotion for good reason mm. uh and the the images are going to be used forever the quotes are going to be used forever but in the moment of course like everyone like they always have to do with the islanders had to try to rain on the parade and right like like i said if it you know it's a you know it's a national coliseum moment when everyone inside the building's happy and it offends everybody else <laughs> in a way long island has become the new philadelphia like but philadelphia is still the old philadelphia because <laughs> anytime somebody's like oh we're playing philly it's like oh we're going to do throw batteries at you boost santa claus like philly people hate that stuff because it's it's kind of urban myth at this point and you know it it colors an entire fan base of multiple many m- multitudes you know not everybody threw a battery at JD Drew that one time and not everybody booed Michael Irvin and he was coming off the uh, vet uh, field on a stretcher or whatever it was, but you know, they get painted that way. And I mean, Islanders fans are, they're going to get painted that way. But like you said, I mean, it, it, it all kind of depends on who's doing the talking. And you know, the first thing I heard from a lot of people also was that like Sportsnet and TSN, they didn't even, they didn't even mention that part. Like, you know, it was more about Bovillier's goal. So it was just kind of the, the NBC crew. I just, to me, I was like, come on, Edzo, really? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it was a huge moment. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, the Lightning played a good game too, and so did the Islanders. But, you know, it came out, the, the Islanders came out on top. And, you know, again, we keep talking about this final, everything's the final whatever at Nassau Coliseum, but that presupposes that, you know, they're not coming back, but they've got a game seven now, and, and it's, Anything's up for anything's up for grabs. It's the best of one, like yep. uh, now, and and it's. It, I thought Barry Trotz had a had a great quote um, after Game Five, where he said, "You know, if I turned turn to everyone on the plane and said uh, in January and was like, hey, it's the Eastern Conference Finals, and we're down three uh, two, who would take it?'" He's like, "Everybody's hand would go up." Um, right. And that same thing can obviously be said now for for Game Seven, but. Yeah. He's, it's he's gonna gotten be scary. very philosophical again. Oh, it's yeah. definitely scary. Oh, we're gonna talk about how scary it is in a second. But yeah, he has gotten... been. But you know what? He's he got philosophical about the beer cans too, which yeah. is like like that's the type. Like if if Barry Trotz was upset about it, I think I probably would be upset. I'd be like, all right, you know, maybe let me let me like rethink, take a step back and rethink about it. But the, the smile on his face in the post game presser where he's just talking about just you know, like you said, the moment he's yeah. he's someone who gets it. He just gets that these this what we're doing, what this whole journey is about is is like these these crazy moments and seeing beer cans and a shoe and hats <laughs> strewn across the ice as you're skating off because you just won a game right yeah uh, like uh, uh, an absolute historic game with uh, like the the roar uh, it, one of the things that i've really noticed about watching these the highlights of the boat billier goal is that crazy roar for i mean it felt like a minute just people mm. screaming and it was just so loud in there that you couldn't hear the goal horn um so you just hear like that cacophony of sound plus the beer cans whatever like barry trotz and those guys are going to appreciate that moment and it's like people that like can't do it that like you almost feel bad for him a little bit you're yeah. like eh, maybe they're you're not play- in the, the right the right um business or <laughs> hobby 
Well, I mean, there's another reason why, but we'll get to that in a second. But uh, the the place was so loud that Chris King could barely hear himself talk. If you listen to his call of the Beauvillier thing, he says shoots and scores. And then as he goes into the description, it's clear he can barely hear himself talking over the, the noise inside that building. And if you're louder than Chris King, let me tell you, that's pretty loud. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, game seven and all the ways that it could go wrong, but all the ways it could go right. And, uh, you know, this is, again, Barry Trotz is right. This is what we all signed up for. So uh, come back in a minute and uh, we'll talk about that. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Uh, They got New York Golden Blades. They got uh, New England Whalers. They got Long Island Jaws. They got all kinds of cool stuff. They also have our Al Arbor T-shirt. And our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. So go to VintageIceHockey.com today. You can also use the code Lighthouse15 and save yourself 15%. VintageIceHockey.com. Okay, so Game 7. Uh, let me lay out all the ways in which this is uh, potentially going to be a disaster. So the Lightning have not lost back-to-back playoff games in the last two years since they got swept by the Blue Jackets uh, a couple of years ago. So that's problem number one. Problem number Well, actually, problem number one is that it's in Tampa Bay. Problem number two is that the Lightning generally don't lose back-to-back playoff games, although, you know, as we see, streaks uh, do have a tendency to come to an end. Again, Braden Point, he's on he's on a streak of his own. He's looking to tie Reggie Leach and score in his 10th straight playoff uh, game, which would be pretty remarkable. Um, the other thing is that the Islanders' last trip to Tampa Bay earlier this week uh, did not go so well. And if you thought we were going to just skip over this one and talk about Game 6, I am sorry to disappoint you. But yes, in fact, the Islanders did lose 8 nothing on Monday in the worst playoff loss in franchise history. Um, they lost 8-2 to two last year against Tampa Bay in game one of that. So at least they got two goals that time. This time, they couldn't even muster that much. Now, normally when a game is over, I write down notes, you know, about what happened and stuff. Uh, there were no notes this time. It was just 8 nothing Tampa Bay. <laughs> I didn't need any notes. Um, Barzell did cross-check Jan Ruda at the end. Ruda played in the next game, whatever. But uh, uh, kudos to uh, Steve Smith, uh, one of our writers at Lighthouse Hockey, does a great job every day, no matter what. But he did a full recap of this game. And I give him all the credit in the world because if it was me, if I was on recap duty that day, I would have literally just posted eight poop emojis and then just called it a day and just closed the thing and walked away and gone on with my life. Because there was no way I was going to recap 
that shit show <laughs> in great detail. But Steve did it, and he's a very dedicated Lighthouse Hockey uh, member, and he deserves all the credit in the world for doing that. But, um, you know, to analyze the game more seriously, the Islanders did not play well. But they also did not get any of the breaks in that game. I mean, I think I read somewhere that they actually had the more expected goals in that game, but they got none, nothing fell. No, nothing fell for them and everything fell for the lightning. In fact, they were down three, nothing after the first period and every single goal had kind of like a fluke element to it. Like one, one bounces off an Islanders defender goes right to Steven Stamkos and he knocks it in 45 seconds in the game. A couple of minutes later, uh, Andy green goes to block the shot. Puck bounced off his stick right behind Varlamov, 2-0 Lightning. Next goal comes in from the point, bounces around a bunch of people, somehow ends up behind Varlamov, 3-0. And like that was essentially the game at that point. But it's like, what are you going to do? Luke Shen got a goal, bounced off a of Ryan Pulick's skate. I mean, it was, I think that was a 7-0 goal or the 8-0 goal, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so it's just one of those games where just nothing happened and nothing went your way. Nothing went at all in your favor. And... You know, going into game six, it was they were saying all the same thing. Oh, forget it. We'll move on, burn the tape, blah, blah, blah. And they really did. Again, they played very well in game six. So, you know, I don't think that game is going to hold too much water going into game seven with the players, but it's definitely going to hold a lot of water, I think, for those of us that sat and watched. <laughs> if anybody was at that watch party at Nassau Coliseum on Monday, boy, they're not going to forget that that experience anytime soon, especially if you're, <laughs> if you're the guy that threw his Peugeot jersey down on the on the ground. I mean, I feel for you, buddy. Like, I, I get it. I was with you. I felt that way. Um, but, uh, you know, it might be hard psychologically for a lot of people to get over, but we're hoping that for the 25 guys on the Islanders roster, it is not. Um, what are your – what's your mental state right now going into game seven, uh, I guess, about 24 hours from now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't even – I don't ever want to think about that one again. Um, Agreed. I think, yeah, I think we all know how it went and, you know, whatever – um, it was just, you know, you, you, you do trust this team to, um, stay even keeled in the, whether they're down to nothing in an elimination game and, or whether they're, they just lost eight, nothing and have to fly home and just, and have to say all the right things. And the the one, the one moment, uh, from game five, and it wasn't even during the game that I will always cherish was Brock Nelson's post game interview, um, which was, I don't know what language he was talking, uh, but he was he was talking without, I guess, without um, like uh, conjunctions and adverbs. He was basically just talking in verbs. Um, mm. It was pretty exciting to listen to, actually, because it, it it like added a little bit of humor to something that to me was incredibly sad. And it was definitely word salad. It was yeah. just like word dot 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 word yep. <laughs> yeah he's like he, he summed up the first 10 minutes of the second period he's like a couple chances post another yeah. post penalty power play goal and i was like this is so great um and then i thought you know you knew we said i think before the series there was going to be one game where the lightning probably just you know kicked you know kicked the you know what out of the islanders and it came in a very uh, prolific fashion. Um, and yeah, like you said, I'm just going to try to forget it. And so for game seven, it's um, yeah. I, I said to my friends last night, as we were leaving the Coliseum, like the best part about the win last night was that we have, uh, you know, 48 hours basically to not have to deal with this uh, for a little <laughs> bit. And that's what I'm trying to do, I guess, still like just trying to enjoy the, the time before the game as best I can. And, um, but yeah, there's, it's not, I'm not, 
disc, like discounting the Islanders. I think that that's just one thing that this team has completely changed about uh, you, me, and everybody in the fan base is that like we're slowly learning just to trust them. Um, mm. And it, it, it's still really hard to do. And you just got to trust that, you know, tomorrow you're going to have Adam Pellick out there doing what Adam Pellick does. You're going to have Simeon Varlamov out there and just got to trust them. Um, I thought after the game, I think it was Jordan Eberle was saying like the message basically was um, to, to just, they want to just give themselves a chance. Like the Islanders are such a good team when they do that, when they stick around games and, and that I think if you drag that out into the series, like all they wanted to do in the series basically was to, st- to give themselves a chance. And that now they have one and um, they deserve it. Like if you, even, even including those that ain't nothing drubbing, like the, the numbers in the series are incredibly tight, uh, especially at five on five. And um, you know, the, we, we don't know about Kucherov. We don't know about Eric Chernak. Um, Ross Colton seems banged up. Mikhail Sergachev, like that's, that's what's, really uh interesting about this team i can't remember who it was i think it was thomas trance at the athletic was talking about how uh you know you don't need heavy players in in like the playoffs or something like that and all i was thinking was like i don't know if he's watched the islanders first two series because they if they get deep in a series like they're just gonna wear people down like it's hard like you, you you're gonna have matt martin crashing into you four or five times a game for six games in a row like you're gonna feel that um and uh i think that 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 is an advantage the Islanders have is that like they've been coming at these guys and they're they really do look at these series as much more as like yeah they, they they're good at staying in the moment and taking it one shift at a time but at the same time like they know that they need to you need to win the series right and the series is a bigger picture than just a game so that hit that Cal Clutterbuck throws in game two um, is is the great boxing analyst and trainer Teddy Atlas said uh, he, he talks about punching people and you know going to the body he's like you want to put some water in the basement. And that's what this is, right? Like Kyle Clutterbuck's hit in game two on whoever, whether it be Mikhail Sergachev or uh, Yanni Gord, whoever, he felt that in game two. And and he, the next game, he probably felt it again because he probably got hit again. And there's just water in their basement right now. And you just got to hope. I mean, the Lightning are favorites. They deserve to be favorites. But you got to hope that maybe that um, that the fact that they've been dragged through the series by a team that is incredibly heavy and hits everything in sight uh, catches up with them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know what to think. I, I said before <laughs> yesterday's game, like I, I was actually really confident during the game. Actually, I think it was like, there was one we'll, we'll talk about it later, but when Lou won GM of the year, all of a sudden I kind of just felt this like weird brush of confidence come over about game six. And I felt that all day until, and then I, as soon as I got out of the car, at Nassau Coliseum, that kind of feeling was just so fleeting. It just left me that confidence. And I just was trying so desperately to get it back. Um, and I couldn't. And um, <laughs> now, like, I just, I don't, I've just been reminding myself, like, how I feel has no no effect on the game at all. Yeah. It has no effect. Yeah. What what matters is what happens tomorrow, who scores more goals. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I'm not, um, I'm not, I'll tell you what, I'm not, you know, I'm terrified, but I'm not, like, dooms, doomsday about this, like, not giving the <laughs> Islanders a chance because that's foolish at this point. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in the same boat a lot and and we were just talking before we came on about how I have a very good therapist and I've had I've been seeing her for a long time and she's very well aware of the effect that sports can have on people and you know it seems kind of silly but at the same time when you're a passionate fan and that's what you're into you know you you can this can stuff can affect your mood and and really at the end of the day you know there's nothing you can do really to to help the team. And I know I'm as superstitious as anybody. I promise you I'm just as bad as, as anybody else is. 
Um, but when it comes down to it, it's really, you know, you're along for the ride. And, uh, yeah, I think it's normal to be terrified. Again, this is a very scary situation to go into, but, uh, there are maybe a couple of things going in the Islanders favor for starters. They won game six and again, they played very well. So, I mean, again, hopefully that, that whitewashing, uh, in game five has been erased from their memories altogether. Um, you mentioned Kucherov before, and this is actually a big storyline. So in the first period, the first shift or so, Scott Mayfield puts a hit on Kucherov. It was a cross check. Some thought he got him on the arm. Some looked like he maybe got him on the ribs. Was not penalized. Definitely was worth a two-minute penalty, but it was not penalized. And Kucherov uh, skated around a little bit, tried to hit Matt Barzell, uh, didn't go very well, and then he left the game and did not return. Again, I did not see that part because that has now been erased. Men in Black style apparently didn't exist. The Mayfield hit I've seen a million times. The try to you know the attempted <laughs> hit by Kucherov on Barzell I haven't yeah. seen it all because that one has been scrubbed from the record. But in any event, um, so he his status is really up in the air for Game Seven. I'm in the mind that I think he's going to play, um, yeah. but if he doesn't. You know, is it a huge loss for the Lightning? Sure. They still won 30-whatever games this season without him. Um, but, you know, you take Kucherov off the power play, changes the power play. You take him off of his line, changes the line. So, you know, I'm not saying it's like a guaranteed thing that he's not going to play and it's a guaranteed win for the Islanders if he doesn't. But, you know, it's it's he's a big part of, of what the Lightning do. And, uh, you know, a lot of people aren't happy that he's not in the game and people thought maybe Scott Mayfield should have gotten – Ejected for his hit. It's a little much. Uh, it doesn't look like there's any supplemental discipline coming either. Um, Cross checks happen in the playoffs. Ask the Bruins, ask the Canadians, ask the Golden Knights, ask everybody, ask the Lightning. Um, but, you know, this is what it is. And, you know, I have this theory that when I, I, I have the, my theory is that officiating is bad in the NHL no matter what. I don't think it's any worse in the playoffs than it is during the regular season. I think the big change is that. In the regular season, you know, you've, if you've got a hundred percent of the hockey viewing audience segmented into little bitty pieces watching different games, so you know, five percent is watching the Islanders game, maybe ten percent is watching the Canadians game, whatever. In the playoffs, a hundred percent of the people are watching the same game, so all of a sudden, everybody's opinions all get mushed all together. And if you know, if I saw a hit, if the Islanders are playing the Capitals and I see a hit go on in a Penguins Flyers game that maybe should have been penalized or wasn't, I would go, huh. How about that? And then I go right back to the game I'm watching. And, you know, like I recognize it happened. I'm like, these guys suck. And then I go right back to watching the game that I watch. You know, again, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like you and I, just in the in for one team over the course of the last what ten or twelve years, we could rattle off a laundry list of calls that were made and shouldn't have been made, or that were made and should you know weren't made and could have been made. Like you know, so and the Islanders are a team that exists on five at five on five. So I don't think too many of us are really complaining about you know, too many missed power play opportunities, but that's where they are right now. So, I mean, these are the things that the Islanders have going for them. <laughs> Those are the things the Islanders have going against them. And I don't know what it, any, what any of it means and none of it could matter or all of it could matter. We'll have to just wait and see. Like I said, you know, 48 hours or whatever, 12 hours from now, 24 hours from now. The, the fact that we had one half of, or I guess one, if you consider, yeah, let's break it down to thirds. One third of hockey Twitter freaking out about the Kucherov cross-check. The other third, one another third freaking out about the beer cans. And then the other third was people kind of just, la- 
you know, I would call them well-adjusted people kind of just sitting <laughs> back and like laughing at the whole thing and uh, just kind of taking it all in uh, it was pretty funny. And it just goes, I, on 31 thoughts, Jeff Merrick always talks about how the lightning are this like villain and like the NHL needs a villain. And yeah. little does he know that it's the Islanders. Like, <laughs> like of somehow this team has become the villain. Uh, no, but the villain is the Leafs. I don't know if you read yeah, the article. Right, yes, yeah, <laughs> that was actually great. But like, yeah. it's it's just, it's funny because like in that article about the Leafs, like they mentioned the things about the Islanders that should make them a not villain. And for some mm. reason, nobody else has picked up on that. Or, and it took <laughs> that person three years to pick up on. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, that the, first of all, like the, like, yes, it was a penalty. It got, didn't get called. So it just happens. Like that is part of hockey. The, at, simultaneously, um, there was a hockey, uh, there was a basketball game going on as the same time as the Knights Canadians game the other night. And uh, as uh, as wild as, you know, that, that game ended up being, the people on the NBA were talking about how the last two minutes of whatever teams were playing took 33 real time minutes. 33. <laughs> Ouch. And all they do, all they were doing was complaining. And all I was thinking was, if you would rather that mm. than uh, against like putting up with some bad officiating, I don't, I don't watch the same sport as you because the whole point of hockey is that this thing is uh, the this piece of vulcanized rubber just flying around ice, and yeah. people are flying after it with sticks in their hands and skates on their feet. And if you, that that game is all about flow and it's impossible to officiate. Could you imagine trying to ref a game? No, could you? No, I could not. <laughs> like it's hard. It's so hard. And these guys are like dodging people. They're playing and whatever, like they might not be great like at it, but they're probably the best in the world at it because they're here and whatever. That's what we have to deal with. It's our sport. There are some rules that nobody, there are rules that nobody likes uh, in the league, but we just got to deal with it. Uh, and sure. Like, like I was saying about the Scott Mayfield cross check, it was a short loop was a penalty, but it was no different from the cross check that Steven Stamkos put on Brock Nelson, right. like in 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 the in the middle of the slot, like from behind, basically. Uh, but because it was the Islanders who committed the um, you know felony, it became a thing. And uh, it this discourse, like everybody, uh, everybody needs to just weigh in. That like you don't need to weigh in. I don't understand why people don't realize, like, oh, I can just sit this one out. I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need to put my thoughts on Scott Mayfield cross checking Nikita Kucherov right. into existence. And just because Nikita, like, like if Scott Mayfield did that to, um, uh, I don't know, uh, Luke Shen, like, would it have been a big deal? Probably not. Like, hmm. think about what happened to Jan Ruda. Like, everyone right. was like, yeah, Bar- Barzell, like, people were sh- certainly weighing in on what it was, but he got a five-minute major, and nobody was like, the world wasn't falling down because Jan Ruda wasn't playing. Like, it was because hmm. it was Kucherov and whatever. And everyone, like you said, is conveniently ignoring the fact that he then skated around for another 20 seconds, tried to hit somebody, <laughs> and then left the ice. Like, right. it happens. People get hurt in this sport uh, all the time. And uh, the players, no, you never hear, you, you hear after a game, like Steve Stamkos said, like, you know, the refs explained it to us, like, that there was no malicious intent or whatever it was. But you don't, you didn't hear Steve Stamkos being like, well, you know, we got to get that out of the game. We got to, you know, Scott Mayfield should be suspended, all this stuff. Yeah. Like, no, the players sign up for this. Like this is, they negotiate the rules of these games. Like if, if it was truly a huge issue, um, it, they would, they would do something about it. And, and who knows, maybe they will in a few years, but uh, right now this is the game. Like you screaming about it on Twitter is not, <laughs> you know, if you say thread in all caps, yeah. <laughs> not going to change, you know, game seven, isn't going to all of a sudden they're going right. to be like, look, cross-checking is gone like you, you better keep your sticks down or else because this person 
wrote thread on mm-hmm. on cross checking. So it yeah. you know it is what it is, and um, I'm I'm just you know I'm I'm I've a long time ago I I kind of made my peace with the fact that NHL officiating is not great, and I just you know when it when it happens when you get on the wrong side of a bad call it sucks, uh, but you you just got to kind of live with it and roll with it. Yeah. Uh, it's just you know what it is it is the thing the thing that i hate the most well the two things i hate the most one are that everybody accuses everybody else of of being dirty like that's just how it is so like you know the islanders win and it's obviously it's not all lightning fans but like there's a segment a vocal segment that's like well of course they're winning they're dirty they're cheating they're hitting everybody okay like the bruins said the same the bruins fan says well they're hitting everybody they're doing all this stuff you're not allowed to do of course they're winning it's like Maybe they just won. Like, I don't know, you know, and like, like you just said, I mean, I feel the same exact way. This is a game in which randomness is baked into the fabric of the game. I mean, I can't even walk on a sheet of ice, let alone skate on it and hit a hit a tiny puck with a stick and hope it goes into a net like that. The whole thing is ridiculous. So trying to find order in it is seems like folly. That's the other. Yeah. You're taking the whole point of the sport out of it. Like, I don't like what I don't understand. That's what I don't get about these people. What sport do they, what sport do they want to watch? I I don't (laughs) don't understand. I don't know. My thing, whenever they see teams draw plays, I'm always like, what if they lose the face off? Then the whole play just flies (laughs) out the window. Like, okay, sure. Like, well, that's the end of that. Diagramming this thing. And And how excited Pierre Maguire gets to, gets to be about whoever the assistant coach is. So he's like, He's like, oh my god, Bradshaw! Right. He's got the clipboard out. Yeah, I remember when there was a time when, like, Tavares was when he was an Islander was drawing up a play, and somebody, you know, was like, "This just shows that, you know, how he doesn't trust the coaching staff." And I'm like, "What difference does it make? Who cares? Like, what, if he loses the face off, the whole play flies out the in the toilet anyway." Yeah. But the the other thing that I love is that people like Craig Button was on this today, apparently on TSN. He's like, "Maybe this will spur the NHL to change its ways." I got news for you, Craig. Colin Campbell still works for the NHL. And he is the guy that not too long ago sent a series of searing emails to the director of officiating to complain that his son, who was an active player, got called for a penalty against a player he called a little diver because he (laughs) coached him with the Rangers. That is the mentality that we're dealing with. Nothing is changing. Nothing is going to change. It's never going to change. This is just how it is. They will protect their own all the time, especially as long as Colin Campbell Goddamn Colin Campbell is still there. I mean, how he wasn't fired after that, I have no idea. They don't care because they know that, like Ted Lasso, we all have, we're all goldfish. We all forget about it. the next day. We all completely forget about it. You know, we're here. We're talking about the Islanders in about a half hour. <laughs> that that Golden Knights Canadians game is going to kick off, and every single thing that happened twenty four hours before will be immediately mind hold. Wow. It'll be it'll be gone. It'll and be like it never existed. So. Another another thing too is how often have you been listening to podcasts throughout these playoff runs and and or seen on Twitter people saying these playoffs have been awesome. Like and it's that's it's been a ringing endorsement. Like people are like the playoffs have been amazing, yeah. and yet there's still this part of you know this this I don't know part. It's just like a whatever. Well, there was like a because of like they have followers or whatever hockey Twitter influencers who still just can't just appreciate it. And be like, you know what? Like, I'm not the one playing. I'm not the one getting cross checked <laughs> in the back. I'm, but I'm also not getting paid millions of dollars to do it. Like, yeah. this is this is it. Uh, I think the end. Like the the players have done a pretty good job of like fighting for the stuff that they needed to get out of the game. And like, it the game has just gotten so much better. I mean, 
and I'm talking about someone who I, I loved clutch and grab hockey. I, I loved, <laughs> I loved watching, I loved watching Roman hammer, like, you know, hang on some on, drape on someone's, uh, you know, hmm. ill fitting Jersey to, to break up, a <laughs> break up a rush. Like, right. but like if the game right now is just that it's such a good point that like, yeah, like I don't understand why we can't just take the good with the bad. Cause you're going to, you're going at some point, like the grass just isn't greener on yeah. the other side. Like we seen what happens with VAR in soccer. People just complain about it all the time. And all these people who are clamoring for it are now like, yeah. we got to get this out of the game. And the NBA, right. like I was saying, the well, MLB, we got the umpires oh, checking. Like, <laughs> got pitchers dropping their pants now yeah. in baseball. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. Come on, what like, are we like, doing? Like, we can this... just live with this. We can live with it. And guess what? Tomorrow, if, if, you know, Jordan Everly gets cross-checked and doesn't get called, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. But the alternative is, you know, Barry Trotz, what, gets to slap, stop the game and say, oh, I want to challenge that. Like, and then we got to look at something for two minutes. No, like, yeah. let's just, the, the game, will, it'll sort itself out. It's been going around. It's been going on for long enough and people just, you know, need to appreciate. Uh, I think, you know, one great thing about the Islanders uh, and the fan base because of how we've been treated is uh, we've kind of just separated ourselves from that. And I think we really do appreciate, um, you know, or have like a good kind of outlook on, on, the sport we're watching and what it actually is, which is just this weird thing yeah. that doesn't make any sense. And the team, our team, cause our team doesn't really make any sense. We're <laughs> playing in the suburbs. We're named after a suburb, basically. Yeah. Like this is not supposed to make sense. And uh, the more you try to make it make sense, like the worse the game is going to be for it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, you just, you just don't need to weigh in. You just don't need to weigh in on everything. And I think to enjoy hockey, you have to embrace the weirdness. And I yeah. think at some point you, me and a lot of people kind of just, do that. We yeah. just embrace the weirdness. And it's just, you know, I mean, again, not to get off on a whole thing again, but like we all saw, you know, we, we keep hearing about how Sidney Crosby is the greatest player to come up down the pike in the last 25 or 30 years. And somehow in that one moment in overtime at Nassau Coliseum in 2013, even Sidney Crosby could not withstand the brute Hulk-like strength of Brian Strait. <laughs> And he was knocked down and given a penalty, uh, given a, the Penguins are given a power play and they won the game. Like, you know, and and we're laughing about it. I remember it, but it's like, that's just how it is. Like, what are you going to do? And and you know what? Think about your reaction to when Tristan Jerry turned the puck over. All you did, all you could do is (laughs) that. And you, that was a great goal for you. Like, that's just, that's the sport in, and that's this league. Like you just, there's somebody wearing a mask and, pads and yeah yeah, standing in front of a goal (laughs) like two of them on the on ice and we're watching them there's thousands of us watching them and we live we're living with that we're living and dying with it and you know tomorrow night especially so right if you can't if you can't can't embrace that get out the man wearing the pillows and oven mitts is very important (laughs) And, and, and like you said with the ham like at one point there was one of them and he was skating around the ice and being there were hamburgers being thrown at him. Yeah, yeah. Good. In a good way. So like that's if, if, if you don't want moments like that in this sport, like just keep complaining about stuff like, like that and, and they'll be out and the sport will be worse for it. Uh, it's, it's a discussion to have at another time because uh, we should wrap up and we have one more topic to discuss, but th- there is a lot of, and I see this creeping into the NBA as well. And I saw people having fun with this too. There was always a discussion about what's good for the game. Is it good for the game that Nikita Kucherov won't play game seven? I don't care if it's good for the game. I want my team to win. That's it. That's all I care about. I don't care if people don't watch. If the Islanders make it to the cup final and nobody watches it, I don't care. I don't. I want my team to win. And frankly, nobody else cares either. 
Like uh, these guys that appoint themselves the keepers of the game. Is it good for the game if it's Canadians, Islanders, or if it's Lightning, Golden Knights? Who cares? People just want to see their team win. Whatever. It's again, discussion for another time. Okay. Very quickly, final topic. I think we're, we're getting out a lot of uh, nerves and frustration, so that's good. Final topic, uh, touched on it a second ago, Lou Lamorello, now a two-time, back-to-back winner of the Jim Gregory <laughs> NHL GM of the Year Award. Uh, you know, hey. we're, we're, we're laughing about it. Like, it's not an award that a lot of people pay much attention to. It didn't even have a name until last year when Lamorello won it the first time. Um, but... Again, like you said, it's the kind of thing that happens to the Islanders and pisses a lot of people. Off. <laughs> and that's kind of the best reason why we should all be happy that Lou won. He actually won this year by more points than he won it last year. He won <laughs> like he won he had 101 points, I believe, or 104 points. Mark Bergevin, Canadians, had I think 80 something last year. Lamorello had 80 something, and Julian Brisebois of Tampa Bay had like 70 something. So the, th- the thing I love most about this, and this is why this is going to be a quick topic, is because the guys voting for this are general managers and select media members. This isn't like, you know, just, uh, you know, just a bunch of media guys just sitting around talking about who. These are other general managers <laughs> voting for who did, who amongst them did the best job. <laughs> and to the tune of 104 points or whatever it is, they picked Lou Lamorello. And it's important to note that the voting is done after the second round of the playoffs in which the Islanders had progressed. And, you know, Kyle Palmieri had seven goals in the first two rounds of playoffs. He got none so far this round. Um, Travis Zajac was very helpful in that second, those first two rounds. Um, you know, the Islanders did not have a great end, you know, half second half of the season. They went to the playoffs and they took out the Penguins and Bruins, two very tough customers. And so the general managers looked around and was like, Hell yeah, I got to vote for Lou. He, that's a great job. And so that's that's why he won. I mean, if the general managers are the ones voting for it, I'm not quite sure how people can complain about whether or not it's fair that Lamorello got the thing. <laughs> Obviously, again, the timing is a big deal, but like that's the timing of the award. And then at that time, the general managers looked around and said, I'm going to vote for that guy. Dude, Jeff Gorton got a third place vote and he got fired two <laughs> months ago. So, so like, you know, somebody thought, Hey, let's give Jeff Gordon. A vote. I don't know why, but he voted. So, you know, it, it's, it's on one hand, it's, you know, it's, it's an award that doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot to the Islanders. It does piss a lot of people off that Lou won, but I mean, if the general managers are going to vote for it, who, who better, who knows better than they do. They're the guys who are voting. They're the guys who are voting for themselves. So yeah. You know, congrats, Lou. <laughs> yeah. Congrats, Lou. Uh, and you said it, right? Like it, this is not an award. I don't care about the only reason hmm. I ever care about awards is because it, if the Islanders win it and makes someone upset, um, <laughs> I think I, this is now my new favorite award because I hope I just love that Lou's <laughs> one trust the row. I think it's uh, absolutely like it's, first of all, it's not lost on Islander fans of like that. This is like, yeah, like you said, meaningless in, in, in the grand scheme of things, absolutely meaningless. Um, but it's also not lost on Islanders that it's meaningful to a lot of people who who want it, who don't want to see Lou Lamarillo and the Islanders have success. Yep. And those are the people who like Yeah, sure, there were some Islander fans like tongue in cheek, you know, screaming Lou on Twitter or something afterwards. <laughs> and but everyone else talking about the award was just pissed. And that's that's what really made me feel great uh ahead of game six was just seeing that and being like, Wow, this is uh this is something. And you know mm. what? Like uh there's a lot more that I think it was Carrie Haber who said it like there is a lot more that goes into being a GM than just training training for players and drafting yep. players or whatever. Um, and whatever Lou Lamarillo did uh, with the mm. New York Islanders, 
yeah. has completely changed everything uh, for, <laughs> for, you know, what he's just completely changed this organization. Uh, and if it's just GMs being like, I still can't believe that Lou Lamarello is doing this and the <laughs> Islanders are doing this well. Um, so be it, whatever. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a good like F you to, to, to just the rest of the league. Um, so it was the Islanders pissed people off three different ways, uh, in, on game <laughs> six. Uh, and I couldn't have been happier. Yeah. Um, you know, the, a lot of the discourse was how could the guy who traded Devon Taves for two second round picks win GM of the year? Well, cause that guy's still playing and Devon Taves <laughs> is that's, that's pretty much what it boils down to. No, no offense to Devon Taves. Good, yeah. good dude, good Islander, but let's, let's not be, let's be honest here. But yeah, no, that that's Kerry put it right. Like that's, you know, there's a lot more into this than, than just trading players. And, you know, if they just want, if the GMs wanted to give Lou this, this award as some sort of like lifetime achievement award, well, they could have stopped it last year. They didn't have to give it to him again. (laughs) They gave it to him again. Again, they decided again. They could have been like, all right, well, he won his. That's fine. So, you know, but nope, they gave it to him again. So there you go. Uh, Meanwhile, Barry Trotz got like one third place vote for, he got the same amount of uh, Jack Adams voting that uh, Jeremy Colleton did of, of <laughs> Blackhawks. So, I mean, it's just kind of funny. But, hey, you know, Rod Brindamore earned it. Like, I'm not saying Barry Trot should have won. I'm just saying, you know, just, some of yeah. these things are kind of funny. But anyway. uh, Okay. Well, we have talked a lot. Uh, I think we talked a lot mainly because we're very, very nervous about Game 7. And <laughs> I think a lot of people listening to this are probably are as well. And hopefully we helped you pass the time a little bit <laughs> before uh, 8 o'clock Friday night. Um, and you know what, whatever happens, man, this has been a hell of a season. And I think we could all sit back and, and enjoy and, you know, wherever, if the, if the ride continues great. And if it doesn't, I think we could all sit back and be like, this was a season for the ages and Mm -hmm. we could all, we could all be, you know, very, very, uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word satisfied, but I feel like, you know, it'll be the kind of thing where you see another Islanders fan and you nod to them and they nod back and it's like, we get it. You know, we, we were there. We know we were all yeah, I in think, this thing together. I think so before uh, game six, I was just, I was saying to my friend that um, right after game five, actually. So in between, I was saying like, you know what? Like it's, it's going to really suck if they <laughs> lose game six, because um, you know, it's just, uh, we know how hard it is to get here. Like we, like yeah. it's been, we're Dan and I were both saying before the show, like it just, we're exhausted and we know everybody else is exhausted. Like it's just these playoffs, uh, long playoff runs, just, they take over your life. Um, they really do. And um, everyone's tired and to like, to like know that and being like, damn, like they got so close and for them to get to this point, I got to go through that again. <laughs> like next year or the year, whatever it comes again, yeah. like, you know, you know, what's coming. Like you don't want to see that end. And right. um, you know, that's, that's, I think what you said, like, is right. Like at this point, like I'm so grateful um, for this ride, for this team, uh, for the coach, the GM, everything like just this, this has been, and I mean, let's not to be like, you know, too dramatic or whatever. Like, let's not forget that six months ago when the season started, if you told me that there would be fans in NASA Coliseum to watch a playoff game, I would, I would be like, what, like what a hundred frontline workers or something like, you know, like what they were doing in the beginning. Hmm. Um, like this was, this was, a, we were in a pandemic hmm. and we got rewarded with this season. Like this is, we're very, very lucky. It's the most exhausting half season in NHL history right. basically is yeah. what this I, is. I'm just, you know, thinking back. Yeah. Remember when we were just like beating up on the Sabres and stuff when, in empty buildings and right. now, and if you said, Hey, like, here's where you are right now, you're beating up the Sabres. It's all fun. But like, look at this picture of Nassau Coliseum, beers, cans everywhere. Hmm. Anthony Beauvillier can't skate because he's so happy. Um, right. Like you, 
it, it's it's really just unbelievable. And I think that's maybe part of the reason, um, you know, I'm not as frantic uh, right now is because I'm, I really am. You're just soaking it all in uh, at this moment with, uh, with, with where this team is and the guys on the team, like we love these guys. We love Josh Bailey so much. We just love him so much. And uh, to see him, you know, playing game seven of the conference finals or league semifinals, Josh Bailey is one win away right. from being in the Stanley cup final. Josh Bailey as an Islander, <laughs> as an right. Islander, Josh Bailey is stuck through it all. And he's one win away from being an, uh, uh, going to the Stanley cup final. Like, just that we got to this point, um, it's yeah. it's just awesome. It's insane. I mean, we'll we'll sit back one day and realize just how insane it is. But for right now, we're all still strapped in. So yeah, strapped <laughs> stay, in, baby. Stay, keep your hands and, and feet inside at all times until the ride comes to a complete stop. Uh, we, we don't know when that will be. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks for listening. Please make sure to read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion has been a lively place last couple of days. So I uh, hope everybody's having a good time and, and being respectful and, you know, uh, ever dealing with everybody else's uh, energy. Uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Uh, follow Mike at the Big Lebowski with two E's. Read his work at the Action Network. Um, I, I Like you said before, I assume the Islanders are still the underdogs yeah. going into this game. But uh, oh, yeah. I, a lot of it has to do with Kucherov, though, right? Like, who, who yeah, the, the, it's funny. Like the line, the, usually you can kind of get a sense, uh, but like you know, obviously different sports books have different lines. Like they're like as low as plus one thirty-five at some places, as high as plus one fifty. They closed one fifty-five for game five, and logic would say if Kucherov's playing, they should probably be plus one fifty-five, right? Same two teams playing, same venue. There shouldn't be any adjustment. So um, they, they, yeah, they're underdogs still, but. Uh, the Islanders have been underdogs in every game of the postseason, so uh, it's just pretty, pretty incredible. So, uh, yeah, it's and it's yeah, it's just yeah. yeah I don't know. So, somebody so. out there is going to write a book or or be like you know I don't know if you like TLC has these like my lottery stories like where they you know it's like they follow people that like won the lottery and what happened to them. Somebody out there is going to be a, a subject of a documentary after winning like literally untold you know fortunes of money. On the Islanders, this, yeah. you know, because I mean, somebody out there is cleaning up, surely, on these underdog yep. status Islanders. But anyway, that uh, that'll be a story for another time too. Uh, okay, well, enjoy Game Seven Friday night, eight o'clock. Where else would you rather be? Uh, and uh, we will reconvene sometime afterwards <laughs> to talk about uh, what happens. Uh, you know, we'll see, and uh, we'll uh, take it from there. All right, thanks a lot for listening, and uh, enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you later. All right, bye bye.